Hello, I'm Jonathan Smith. I'm the lead pastor at One Church TO, and you're listening to the teaching time from our weekend gathering. We're an imperfect community of over 70 nationalities and five generations who are attempting to follow and shine Jesus in the greater Toronto area. Our vision, it's so simple. We want to help people from all walks of life know God, love people, and in turn, impact our city for good. We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening. Oh, what do you and I appreciate so much about doing a relationship? When it's someone who, they do what they say they're going to do, they keep their promises, they, they are who they say that they are, you know, you say that person's trustworthy, they're faithful, they're reliable, I can count on them. And that's why a song like Great Is Thy Faithfulness means so much to those who do life with Father God and His Son Jesus and His Holy Spirit because you get to know the track record and you get to trust them through uh, even the tough times because you know they're faithful and they're good and they're loving and they're kind. But what about people that are new and they haven't even had the opportunity to come to know uh, a God or a God's son Jesus who can be that faithful, that trustworthy in their own journey? You know, I found that there are three questions that are the most helpful to ask people that, don't have that relationship with Jesus, but maybe they're curious. And so here's, here's the three questions. The first one is this, who do you believe Jesus is? You know, you hear their opinion, what they think, where they've come now. So often, you know, who do you believe Jesus is? And a lot of people just know Jesus as, um, as a wonderful teacher, the founder of Christianity. Uh, last week, I was looking at a 2020, so not that old, survey of Canadians. And you know that even though 30% of Canadians claim that they are atheists, agnostics, or nothing in particular, they, they, 73% of them have a positive view of Jesus. So you ask, who do you believe Jesus is? And you know, a founder of Christianity, a great teacher. 57% of Canadian Muslims have a positive view of Jesus, but to them, he's just one of many prophets. And uh, I remember one person who I got to know and they ended up becoming a follower of Jesus. But when they first came to church, they started coming because they liked a certain girl who came. So they, he came with her, but he got to know because we began to speak of Jesus showing his reality and not only historical evidence, but what he does in the lives of people experientially today. And he ended up becoming a follower of Jesus. But up until then, he said, I thought he was just a myth or a legend. So who do you believe Jesus is? Second question, so helpful. Where did you get your information from? Where did you find that out? What are your sources? And for a lot of people, they haven't really seriously checked out Jesus, um, but they, they still have an opinion. They, they, they'll say, you know, well, I, I got that information from my parents, or that's what my religious leader uh, says about Jesus, or a friend told me this about Jesus, or I learned about Jesus in a comparative religion class in, in school. Where did you get your information from? So important to look at our sources. What are we relying on to get that information from? And then the third question, 
What do you do with what Jesus claimed about himself? That's what this whole series has been about. What Jesus says about himself, who he claimed to be. Pastor Jonathan started out the series a couple of weeks ago where Jesus said, he made this claim, I am the light of the world. <laughs> Last weekend, great teaching from Pastor Jessica. I am the true vine. You know, I'm the one that when you're connected to you, you find your, your source of life. Today, I am the bread of life. Jesus makes these amazing claims about himself. What do you do with the claims that Jesus makes about himself? Now, the first people that ever heard Jesus make the claim, you know, I am the bread of life, there's no question as to how they would answer the first two questions because uh, the responses are actually recorded in one of the gospels in the New Testament, the gospel of John, and it's recorded by John himself who was with Jesus that day when he said that and he heard the crowd's responses. And so, you know, who do you believe Jesus is? And a lot of them in that crowd that day would have said, you know, uh, well, forget uh, Door, DoorDash, is it? Or Uber Eats? <laughs> Jesus is the most amazing. Anywhere you need to eat, all you can eat, food multiplier. And you can say, that's who Jesus is to you? Where did you get your information from? They would say, well, from one amazing supernatural gathering, Jesus took five barley loaves, two fishes, and he prayed, and voila, all you could eat, seafood buffet. <laughs> As a matter of fact, they, could, they would have said, we're trying to track Jesus down again. We're trying to find him now because, you know, we're, we're getting hungry again, all right? And when they found him, on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, that means teacher, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you are not looking for me because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. You know, my, my wife and I have been getting to know some wonderful tradespeople and construction people as we're building a small place uh, in the Perry Sound area of Ontario. And uh, we have a number of people and we ended up praying. We're just praying. We pray for you. We pray for our young adults. We pray obviously for our kids, especially for our grandkids. But we began to pray for a lot of these people that we're connecting with. It's amazing the conversations that we have had. One conversation about spirituality actually began uh, over a year ago. And then uh, there's been a few in between, but let me just jump ahead to one I had just over a week ago. And this person that has been doing some work for us, you know, I gave me the bill, I paid it. And then he was about to leave. And then he said, do you have a couple of minutes? I've been thinking about what you said and thinking about the climate and think about the environment, think about what this world is coming to and, and the wars. And he said, all, all my life, I've been an atheist. It's probably around my age, so very young, but probably early 60s. And, but he said, I went to Sunday school as a kid, but the only reason I went to Sunday school is because they had food after. And when they stopped serving food after Sunday school, I stopped going to church. <laughs> His words reminded me, Jesus declared, I am 
he says, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had, they, they're, they're following Jesus just to, for what he can do for them physically. And then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Now he says, I am the bread of life. Now bread, every culture has its bread, right? Africa has its chapati, Asians have their rice, Spanish have their tortilla, islands, they have their roti. I've eaten some good roti in my days. <laughs> Indians have their naan. Boy, I'm getting hungry. The indigenous have their bannock. Italians have their pasta. And the Irish have their potato. <laughs> you know, we've all got that staple food. And that's exactly what, what, what Jesus is saying here. Sorry if you haven't, you know, eaten, eaten yet <laughs> or you're hungry right now, but getting your mind on it. But, but, but Jesus is saying, hey, it's more than the physical realm. He says, I am the bread of life. I am the bread. Now, bread is temporary. It's physical food. But he says, I am the bread of life. I am eternal spiritual food. Now, now Jesus taught and showed us that food, physical food is so important and something to be so grateful for. I mean, he just fed the thousands on the mountaintop. And remember, he taught us to pray, give us this day, Father. Give us this day our daily bread. And so we can be, be grateful for food. It's so, it's so special. I think we're gonna have some prayers for you later. Pastor Matt's gonna share with you about how we can, we can pray even at mealtimes and be grateful. And what a time on the planet to be a human with the supply chain and, and with Ukraine uh, being the world's uh, great grain exporter, the dry conditions on the Canadian prairies, you know, the world's food basket, we're often called. Um, Putin's military operation that won't allow exports from Ukraine. Um, br so bread prices are, are, are going up because the grain supply is down. We're probably going to go into a time where we're just going to be so much more thankful for, for food and for, for bread, and that's good. But listen to the crowd. Jesus is not just talking about the physical bread that sustains them and gives them physical life. He's telling them that he is the soul bread, <laughs> the spiritual bread that their hearts are, are hungry for. He is saying this, I am as necessary for your spiritual life as food is for your physical life, all right? He's really trying to get that across and they're sort of stuck on the physical food miracle that Jesus did. But he says, I am as necessary for your spiritual life as that food is for your physical life. Now, Jesus had said that earlier in one of the gospels. Remember he said this? People, humans will not live by bread alone, you know, physical bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And, and, and Jesus is basically saying, you have a spirit in you that hungers for God, for spiritual reality. I'm here to feed that hunger. I am the bread of life. Now watch their response. At this, the Jews began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? So Jesus claims, I'm the bread of life. 
And people in the crowd say, objection, rabbi. Because that's all he was to them. He's just a, just a teacher. Uh, objection, rabbi. We know where you came from. It certainly wasn't heaven. You came from Nazareth. We know your mommy and daddy. We know Mary and Joseph. We will, listen to this now, we will not let you be anything to us more than incomplete and old information we already have had in the past about you. We'll not let you be anything more. Who do we believe you are, Jesus? Nothing more than what you used to be when we saw you growing up in Nazareth, the son of Mary and Joseph. Now, when you read John 6, this is just the start. I mean, even after three explanations of what Jesus means when he says, I am the bread of life, they stay stuck on the same three M's, all right? Moses, miracles, and manna. Moses, Moses was the goat. He was the greatest of all time. No one else gets close as Moses. Miracles, remember the miracles that Moses did? That was part of their religious um, memory. It was so special to them, and understandably and rightfully so. And then manna, Jesus, do, a, do the man a miracle that Moses did. It doesn't get any better than Moses doing the man a miracle. And Jesus patiently responds. If you read John 6, you'll see it. Jesus says, Moses and the prophets talked about me. They prophesied about me. They looked forward to my arrival on planet Earth. And miracles? Miracles are signs. They point to something. You don't stop at a sign and say, that's my destination. No, the sign points to the destination. That's the direction that it is. Signs are not the destination, Jesus says. I am the destination. I am the one that the miraculous signs have pointed to. And manna? Manna came from God to feed you physically, and that was temporary. I'm the bread of heaven that came to feed you not just in this life, but for all of eternity. I'm as necessary for your spiritual life as food is for your physical life. So that, that, that Jesus said that. But they're, they're not there. They're not there yet. And so Jesus goes on. He basically says to them, I am from heaven to give you what you were really put on earth for. Listen to Jesus patiently trying again. He explains, look, at. he says it again. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. That bread was temporary. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. You know what the response is? We ain't budging. <laughs> we ain't going nowhere. They're still stuck on the three M's. Moses, Manica, manna and miracles. It's sort of like people on the echo chamber and Twitter. They've already made up their minds. They're not open to any truth, any further information, anything different from what they've already decided, especially if they've you know, linked up with emotional connection with some leader that is, the, 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 that's, that's where they're going to live. That's whatever that person says. A Canadian journalist, Andrew Coyne, tweeted about Twitter last uh, week. He talked about the people on Twitter. He said, it's the only way that these people can process things. It's the only point they want to make. My side good, other side bad. If you disagree with me, it's because you are a partisan for the other side. 
If the facts do not support my side, the facts should be rejected all day, every day. <laughs> Listen, when it comes to Jesus, don't just regurgitate what you heard someone else say about Jesus. This is too important for that. Even if you really like what that other person says, they could be religious leader, they could be someone who just doesn't believe in Jesus. Listen, listen, good, smart people can have ideas about Jesus that are out of context, inaccurate, and very incomplete. It sort of reminded me of the story about uh, a woman told, true story about when she and her husband were about to go out for an evening for dinner and a movie, and their house had been broken in recently, and so they turned on the night light. They put the cat in the backyard so that um, the cat actually wouldn't chase the budgie around and uh, do some damage to their little uh, pet bird. Now, I'll let, I'll let the woman just pick up her story there. She says, when our cab arrived, we walked out our front door, and our cat scooted between our legs back inside and then ran up the stairs. My husband ran inside to retrieve her and put her in the backyard again because I didn't want the taxi driver to know our house was gonna be empty all evening. I explained to him that my husband will be out in just a minute, but he was just settling my mom and saying goodnight to her, settling in her mother. A few minutes later, the husband got into the cab and said, she says, to my horror, Sorry it took so long, but she was hiding under the bed and I had to poke her with a coat hanger to get her to come out. She tried to take off, so I grabbed her by the neck and wrapped her in a blanket so she wouldn't scratch me like she did last time, but it worked. I got her into the backyard. I just hope she doesn't do her dirt in the neighbor's vegetable garden again. <laughs> you can just imagine what was going through the mind of that taxi driver. But what am I saying? I'm saying find out the truth. Find out the truth about Jesus. Find out if he's real. Find out if what he said is really true. Nothing in your life is more important than who is Jesus Christ to you personally. Don't base something so important on incomplete information or out of context information. Listen, here's what I'm saying today. I'm saying you can trust Jesus because he loves you enough to leave heaven to give you a second chance. So we wouldn't have to destroy ourselves by going our own way, but can come back to God's way. <laughs> Remember that song we started with today about prodigal come home? He wants every one of us to come home to the life that we were really put here on earth for. That's what he wants to do. All right, the third thing is Jesus is saying, because his audience there in John 6 still doesn't get it, so he tries again. He says, I am the exclusive provider of eternal life. Listen to Jesus now as he reaches out for the third time. He says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is me, it's my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Now, we're in a series where Jesus has been saying, I am, this is who I am. But, but listen, Jesus is not saying I'm here on earth to start another new religion that will be superior to all other religions. Jesus wasn't here to start a religion. Jesus is not saying, I'm here to provide a Judeo-Christian ethic for the benefit of all people 
in any society. Jesus is making it clear. Listen to what he's saying here. I am here to give you my all. My flesh is for you. My blood is for you. You can count on me to do whatever it takes to see you get the life that God wants you to have, to see you in heaven, living with God forever in the God, in the life that the God who loves you has for you. No religion can do that. You see, Jesus is unique. He's the only one who has done what it takes to cleanse us from our past. Not just to say, I'll show you a way to be religious, to be a better person, but he says, I am. I am the way. I'm the bread of life. If you want to have real life here and forever, you don't have to look anywhere else. I want you to know that you can know for sure that you're not on some spiritual journey with a dead end, but you can know that you have life. You can trust me with that one. Jesus so longs for people to have that kind of life with him that goes on forever. The life that we were intended to have, but, but, but the, the audience that he's sharing this with first, they're still so stuck. So Jesus jolts them with even stronger language. Ready for some really strong language? I mean, he's, he's trying to just wake them up. He says, he says to them, he says to them, they, he says they begin to grumble amongst themselves, arguing amongst themselves, and says, they said, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. Jesus couldn't be jolting them with any stronger words. His point couldn't be any clearer. He's saying, people, people, the bread that I'm talking about is me. (laughs) It's flesh and blood, me. I'm giving my flesh for you. You can receive my body that will be broken for you on the cross. It'll give you life. I'm spilling out my blood for you. You can receive that blood's cleansing for every wrong that you ever, ever done in your life. And, and that's what communion is all about for Christians. Don't, isn't it? We take a bread, we take the bread representing his broken body. We take the cup. Before we, we have communion together and before we pray together, can, can I ask you three questions about Jesus? Now, C.S. Lewis, the writer of the Tales of Narnia, became a movie. He says we basically only have four options, four answers, four possible answers to this question regarding the claims of Jesus. He says, I claim to be the Son of God, the Messiah, the light of the world, the true vine, the way to God, the bread of life. We only have four options. Either we have to say and prove that Jesus is a liar. And yet, what evidence is there for that? If there's anyone that would just speak the truth, no matter, no matter what it costs them, it was Jesus. Or, or, or we'd have to come to the conclusion that he was a lunatic. But what lunatic was so others focused and did so much good and help and healing for other people? Where's the evidence for that? Or like that person that attended one of our gatherings, he's a legend. 
But the more we discover about history and, and reality in that time, then we more, and, and the lives that Jesus changed and people that went from running away because they were afraid to, to, to laying down their lives for Jesus. We, and so how, how are we going to have any, any evidence that Jesus is a liar, a lunatic, or a legend, and that leaves us only with the fourth option, and that is that Jesus is exactly who he claimed to be. Not a liar, not a legend, not a lunatic, but Lord. Lord, exactly who he claimed to be. The bread of life. The one, if someone believes in them, they can have everlasting life. But you know what the response of the crowd is? Or at least many of them. Not all of them, but many of them John writes, he was there. And, and he, it says this, from this time on, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You know, free fish and chips, you're not gonna supply them, we ain't following you. We, we want the physical blessings. And then Jesus, listen to what he says to his closest followers. He says, you do not want to leave me too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Peter is answering all those three questions, isn't he there? Peter is saying, I, I believe you're the Holy One of God. You're the Messiah. You're, you're the Savior of the human race. And I got that information from you, Jesus, from getting to know you. You are who you say you are. I trust what you say about yourself. Watch this now. Spiritual life happens in me when what I believe about Jesus lines up with what he claims about himself. Do you see that? that that's where life change and faith rises and a whole new understanding of my purpose for being on the planet. It all happened. That spiritual life is activated. It happens in me when what I believe about Jesus lines up with what he claims about himself. Uh, remember the, the conversation I told you about earlier that, we, that I had with um, one of these you know, subcontractors that are helping us with our new build in uh, the near north of Ontario? Well, that conversation, I think I told you, became, began well over a year ago. Over time, I remember one of our first conversations, he told me, he told me you know, um, I, sometimes when I'm out in the woods and I'm alone and I just sit there and I, I, just, I just feel this peace and I just admire the beauty, the sounds and being out in nature, it's just, it's just, just so wonderful. And, and, and you know what I said to him? I said, I said, do you know what you're doing? I called him by name. Do you know what you're doing? You're worshiping God. And he looked at me, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> a week and a half ago when he told me that all his life he'd been an atheist, I thought, boy, here, here, here I had told an atheist that he was worshiping God. You know, how to give an atheist a bad day, right? <laughs> Tell him he's worshiping God. But he said, I, I want your views and your opinions about this world and what it's coming to and uh, the, the future. And he has children and one's getting married. And, and he said, I, 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 you, know what I, you know what I said to him? I said, I don't know. I don't know what the world is coming to. But I said, the best I can do for you is to tell you about someone who does know the future of the world. 
knows the past, the present, and the future. And that, that is Jesus. And the re, he talks about the future of the world in Matthew 24. You can go home and read that. But I said, I want you to know that you can trust what he says because of what he's already done. He died for us on the cross. Not because he had to, but because he loved us and he wanted our, our, all of our wrongs forgiven. He wanted that cleansed away. And, and, and he rose from the dead so that we could know that we have eternal life with him. The, the life that God, he didn't intend for all this to happen on the planet that you're so concerned about, understandably so. And you know, we went, I, so I, I basically shared him the good news of Jesus, right? And, 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 and the conversation, it just was beautiful. He didn't back off, he just stayed right there. And he reached out at the end and he gave me this strong handshake. And then you know what he did? He started to stop and then he just came in and he, and he put his arms around me and hugged me. This is, this is not a, a hugging dude. You know what I'm saying? This contractor guy and he, and he just hugged me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. He said, I could barely hold the tears back till I got into the trailer that we're living in <laughs> on that piece of land up north and I, and I just burst into tears saying, oh Jesus, we prayed for this person. And it's like the light's coming on and he, he's coming to know that you are exactly who you say that you are. So how do you answer these three questions? Who do you believe Jesus is? Who do you believe he is? Now, where did you get your information from? This is important. And then what do you do with what Jesus said about himself? He said, I, I'm, I'm necessary <laughs> if you're gonna have spiritual life. It's not religion. It's not anything that somebody that you admire tells you to live for. No, no, I, I'm, I'm the one that's necessary if you're gonna have spiritual life. I am, have come from heaven to give you the life that God wants for you. I am the exclusive provider of eternal life. What are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that? You see, see, I'm going to pray with people who are going to say, Jesus, I realize you love me. You gave your life for me. And I'm going to trust you to be who you say you are. And you know what? Spiritual life is, happens in you and me when we, what we believe about Jesus lines up with what he claims about himself. So, so why did you just say, Jesus, <laughs> what everyone else says, I, I'm going to go to the source. I'm going to trust you to be who you claim to be. And anyone who loves me enough to give their life for me, I know they love me. And anyone who does on the cross and rising from the dead, what it takes to see me forgiven from my past and having a future in heaven, that's someone if, if, if they'll do that for me, I know they love me. They have my best interests in mind and I'm gonna trust them. How many, if I prayed a prayer right now, you'd, you'd say, Pastor Keith, I'd pray with you. You just say a line of the prayer and I'll whisper it right where I am. And, and because I'm ready to say, Jesus, I'm gonna trust your love. I'm gonna trust you bread of life to be not only blessing me in this life, but to give me what I need to live forever. I'm gonna trust you, Jesus. I invite you to, to, to pray with me. Jesus, thank you for loving every one of us enough, for loving me enough to leave heaven, to die, to take away my sins. I receive your forgiveness. Cleanse away all the wrongs I have done and keep cleansing me. 
Jesus, I believe you are who you say you are. And I ask you to come into my life and not only bless me in this life here, but thank you that you give me eternal life in heaven forever. I receive that gift from you too, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, if you prayed with me, Pastor Matt will tell you at the end just how to to keep moving in the direction of that decision that you have made. And, And we wanna just help you as you begin your journey with Jesus, or some of you, maybe your prodigal came back home and you're saying, Jesus, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna live for you. I'm gonna live for you with my future. Now, Peter and John, we've heard about from the um, teaching tonight. They were there when Jesus had the first communion with the 12, his closest disciples. And Jesus told them, he said, this is what these signs are pointing to. Do you have your bread there? when Jesus was meeting with them for supper, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said this, he said, take and eat, this is my body and it's broken for you. Oh, how many can just say, thank you, Jesus, for coming into my brokenness and being broken for me (laughs) so that I could uh, be healed and made whole in my soul. You were broken in pieces so I could be put back together. Oh, let's, let's thank him for that as we receive. That meal with his disciples, Jesus took a cup. I'm reading now from what the, one of the people that was right there wrote. And he said, when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. This is the blood of the covenant which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Oh, let's thank Jesus for, for cleansing us and that he, he just, that cleansing power is sustainable. It just keeps cleansing us and cleansing us and will until we're home in heaven with Father God and Jesus. And so let's, with thankful hearts, just say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your cleansing for a fresh cleansing today. And thank you that you keep on cleansing me. Let's receive of the cup together. So Lord, you're our bread, (laughs) but not just in this life. You're the bread of life. Lord, you know what each one is going through right now. Sustain them. Give, Give them what they need, Lord. Nurse their souls. Encourage their hearts. Give them the wisdom and the healing and the peace and the help that they need, oh God. Provide for each one. You're the bread that sustains us, but thank you, you sustain us not only in this life, but right into eternal life where we will be with you forever. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful, we hope you join us at one of our campuses if you're in the GTA for a weekend gathering. If you're listening from somewhere else in the world, we'd encourage you to join us at onechurch.to slash live. We believe everyone can be a part of what Jesus is doing both in our community and in our city. So if you'd like to connect with us at a deeper level, visit us at onechurch.to slash next steps. See you next time. Thank you.